a little bit. He, we had several broken sprinklers, and he's a sprinkler expert. And uh, just so you hear the story clear, I didn't do anything. He did all the work. <laughs> I just I was his driver. I drove him. We bought the, I bought the parts, and he just put his expertise to work. I'd have probably gotten in the way, but um, I was waiting on the Lord this morning, and there's at times there can be pressure if we're not careful to go. Okay, what are we going to say today? What are we going to? And I'm I'm pretty much past preparing messages and sermons and all that stuff. If you've been here very long at all, you know that. Um, but I've I've prayed a bit. We all have about moving from religious tradition, and we talk a lot about being led by and walking in the Spirit of God. And uh, I felt like the Holy Ghost said to me. Um, what if I don't want you to do a traditional message? We're pretty traditional in all of our ways, aren't we? I mean, like we have an order of service. We have. I wonder how often the Lord wants to, we use the term interrupt, as though he's interrupting. It's really important that we move and flow with him. He'd begin dealing with me about praying for those children. I thought we were going to do it right before they went to class, just me sort of doing it in my own mind, right, sort of putting together my. And he quickened at that moment, and we all felt and witnessed the faith that the Lord imparted in the room. That was a work of his spirit. We didn't produce that. We didn't work that up. And so if we're not careful, though, we'll we'll move in our way, right, and go, okay, well, no, it's not time for that yet. That comes after this. I appreciated this young man responding and coming to the altar. What was he doing? He was responding to the Spirit of the Lord. We might say, well, that's not the, this. We do this at this time. Goodness, no, this thing is always open. I want to lay on the altar anytime he beckons me. Amen? And so God's got to help us break outside of our... Now, the Lord does things decent and in order, Right? We don't have crazy chaos. We had somebody do cartwheels across the front of the church one time. I just wasn't feeling that. And the Holy Ghost sort of had to rein that in a little bit. But um, See, we're not talking about chaos, you understand. The Lord does things decent and in order. But it doesn't mean he does things according to our organized little schedule. And so... I remember, well, I don't remember who it was at the top of my head. Maybe it was Brother Wright. He talks about the Lord's Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He said, you know, the Lord, Jesus Christ, would have been called a terrible preacher because that's the longest message he ever preached that's recorded, and he didn't stay on one subject. He went all over the place. But do you think he was speaking things in the Spirit? Absolutely. But we're very programmed, aren't we? And so help us, Lord. I, I want us to, this morning, I'm going to ask, um, I'm ask, I'm just, just a day of putting people on the spot. <laughs> Everybody's like, relax. Trust the Lord. 
They're like, we trust the Lord. It's you, Brother Hart, we're trying, sort of working through. Uh, I'm asking um, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie to come. I'm asking Brother Azario and Sister Priscilla to come. And I'm asking Brother Rigo and his wife left. So I'm asking Rigo to come. He's coming solo at the moment. and She's tending the baby. Um, we're going to pray again. This is, this is body ministry. Okay? This is what's been happening today. And we need to get more. I, I was praying this in the prayer room. You guys just hang out here and look beautiful, okay? Or try. Um, I was praying in the prayer room today, and I was praying, God, I want to receive all that you have, but I also want to give all that you desire. And so when we come to the house of God, because this is, we, we come with purpose, right? But the primary purpose is that we come to go out. Right? We don't come so we can say, I'm a Christian and I go to church twice a week and praise the Lord so I'm a good person. No, we come so the Lord can do something in us and then we can go out and be a living witness. Right? So we may receive teaching, we may save instruction, we may receive impartation. There's different things the Lord will do when we come together. Uh, but then we also come and there's edification of the body that takes place. And so when I was praying that today... It's important that we come, and it's okay to come to receive. But I must also come willing to give. I'm not talking about your checkbook or your wallet or anything. I'm talking about, I mean, you should do that too, that the Scripture teaches it. But I'm talking about spiritually, we receive and we give. We receive and we give. We've heard the term many times, if you've been here very long, we're a conduit. Right? There's an old song we sing, here's my cup, fill it up. No, we're, we're not. That's not the design. The design is that we're a conduit. He flows through. He flows through. So we receive, and we're receiving for a purpose. We receive. Right? Somebody said, I give so that I receive. That's actually not how it works. Did you know that? We don't give so that we receive, we receive so we give. We receive, and so we give. And so anything that comes into our hand or our spirit, we're asking the Lord, where do I give? And here's what I'm learning. I don't want to say I've learned like I've got it all figured out. Here's what I'm learning. When we purpose to be a conduit that he'll flow through, then whatever we have need of in our own spirit, God in his infinite wisdom and power will flow through us, and he has a way of depositing in us what's necessary as he's flowing through us. We're not like a hard steel conduit that can't absorb anything. We're like this, I don't even know what to call it, but we're like some type of conduit that can absorb, and so the Spirit of God can flow in, and what's needed in our spirit just has a way of getting absorbed into our spirit, and he continues to flow right through. But we don't try to hold on. We seek, okay, God blessed me with something. What does he want me to do? And he flows through us. That's how we should come to the house of God. So these people are standing up here. We're going to pray for them. Um, We sent it out on WhatsApp a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've been waiting for this door to open. We knew that it would open in time. Uh, every month for the last year, when I drive by there, 
Uh, ever since it was mentioned to me, I've been praying for Mattawa. The Rodriguez has been praying for Mattawa. Uh, Sandra has family that's there. We baptized some people a few weeks ago that live there. We've had a door open, and we've uh, started, we, the Rodriguez, have started a Bible study in Mattawa every other Monday night. So they're getting ready to go again tomorrow night, which will be the second week. There is going, the Lord is going to raise up a group of people in that community. All right? The Lord is going to raise up. He has seed that's planted there, and he's saying, now it's time. So the Lord has opened that door, and so we're going to pray for them. Many of you may or may not know, uh, Brother Rigo lives in Moxie. Anybody else here live in Moxie? Your kids raise their hand. You count. I, I wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't making a lie. I, thank the Lord they raised their hand. They were paying attention. Any other families live in Moxie besides this family? Okay. Um, I, I've told Rigo several times, um, the Lord's placed him in Moxie. I believe that with all of my heart. He's the, he's the only one from this congregation that's there. I don't think it's coincidental. Not that he's the only one, but that he's there. I don't think that's coincidence. And so uh, Priscilla and Azario are getting ready to start working together with Rigo and Denise, and they're starting a Bible study in their home in Moxie. Is that this week? Starting this week on Tuesday night. So we have something starting there in a Bible study in Moxie and in Mattawa. We are going to agree together for the will of the Lord to be done there. All right? And so we're going to pray for these families and for the will of God in those communities. The scripture says that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because the lost are the ones that need it. And so, but it says the gospel's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds, lest the light of the gospel would shine to them. And so, we're going to pray for these families and these communities, and we're going to pray that spiritual blindness would be removed from the minds of those that would gather in these homes and in these communities, and even those that don't know they're going to come to these homes yet. All right? We together? All right, let's stand together again. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just wait on the Lord right here. Just talk with him. Jesus, in your name. Jesus, in your name. Jesus, in your name. It's not a work of man. It's a work of your spirit. It's a work of your spirit. It's a work of your spirit. We trust in you and the work of your spirit. Hallelujah. If you have faith for these communities, I'm asking you to come in behind these families and begin to pray together. Come on. If you have faith for what the Lord will do, I'm asking you to come in behind these families here and begin to pray. Come on. If you have faith, that God will work in these communities. I'm asking you to come in behind. Don't disqualify yourself. Here's the only qualifier. If you have faith that God will work, then come in behind these families and begin to pray. Come on, make room for others. Spread on over there.
in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're praying in faith. Lord, it's you that opens the door. It's you that makes a way. It's you that prepares the soil. It's you that prepares the heart. Your seed is already anointed. I pray today the anointing of the Spirit upon these vessels. I pray the seed of the Word of God flow through them. And I pray the ministry of your Spirit in these homes, in these communities. We come against the God of this world. We pray the blindness of the mind be removed. Let eyes be opened spiritually to see. Let minds be opened to receive. Let the Word of God find its place in the soil of a heart. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we come against any spiritual opposition that would try to restrict the flow of the Word and Spirit of God. I pray through these vessels in their homes. Father, let your Word be in their mouth. Let your anointing rest upon their lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 praise God. Everybody said amen. It is settled. In Jesus' name, you can return to your places if you would like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let the Holy Ghost continue to lead you in prayer for those communities. It is time. It is time. And there are going to be many more open up throughout these valleys. There are going to be many other communities where doors are going to open. From here in Selah, I believe all the way to Prosser. From Moxie and Mattawa all the way out to White Swan. Gleed and Natchez and Mabton and Grandview and Sunnyside and Granger and Outlook and Wapato and Toppenish and In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said, go. Go. And you are ones he's chosen 
to go. Amen? And I'm with you. I'm not discounting myself. We are the, sorry, we. Amen? I, um, I hope the teachers downstairs are fast today because I, I really just have something the Lord dropped in my spirit yesterday in prayer that's a simple thought, but it touched my heart, and I just want to share it this morning before we release you today. It'll be important that I find it. John chapter 20. I know it's a little bit warm in here. Um, we have many split uh, heat pump heat and air conditioning systems that are on their way. They will be here this week. And uh, Brother Lewis was talking about giftings and abilities, and I thank God we have giftings and abilities with HVAC, with Brother T.J. Walker and some of his connections. And so they're going to work to get those installed over the next week or two. We don't have a sure line there yet, but we're working on that. And and uh, we're going to get that to happen, so we'll cool this room down and uh, before it gets to be difficult. Er. <laughs> Amen. I know the difficulty when it's this warm is staying awake sometimes. I don't know if this today is for all of us or as few as one of us, but I was so touched by the word of the Lord yesterday early that I felt that I must share this today. John chapter 20. I should tell you the setting. Christ has risen from the dead. And... Mary Magdalene had been there to the tomb and realized he was gone. She ran back to town, told Peter and John. Peter and John took off running back to the tomb. Mary followed again and went back. They saw that he was gone. Peter went in. John didn't go in. He just looked in. Then Peter went in, and then John followed him. That's what the Scripture says. Read it. And... uh Sort of picture that, you know, we forget how human they were, right? And so, see, John just looking in. Peter's like, man, I'm going in. I want to see this. So John's like, okay, I'll go in too. And so John followed him in. And the Scripture says that starting at verse 9, as yet, speaking of Peter and John, as yet they knew not the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Verse 10. So then the disciples, that's Peter and John, they went away again to their home. So they came, they saw this empty tomb, and they went back to their house. Okay? Now remember, Mary, Mary Magdalene saw it first. She went and told them. She came back with them. They left. Verse 11, watch. But Mary, she didn't leave. Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, 
she stooped down. I, I just want you to get this picture of this lady. She's crying. She believes because she had went and told Peter and John that somebody had came and taken the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she's weeping, believing his body's been taken. And so this lady stoops down, crying, and is looking into the sepulcher. So she's not going inside either. And so here she is in this very real broken moment and place, looking inside of an empty tomb. Just having suffered watching him crucified three days before and feeling the weight of that, and now thinking someone's stolen his body, she couldn't just go back home. See, Mary Magdalene had a sordid past, to say the least. He had touched her life in a way that many couldn't understand. When everyone else would have rejected her because of her life and her lifestyle and the choices she made that everybody knew about, he did not reject her. He loved her. He gave her hope that she never had before. He manifested love to her that she'd never experienced before. That she'd probably thought she didn't deserve. He had died for her. She couldn't just go back home. And so there she was. Looking. She wasn't one of the twelve. She was the lady with the sordid past. The lady with history. Not pleasant history. She couldn't just go back home. And so here she is. Verse 12. Now I want you to notice what she saw. She saw two angels in white. When she's looking in the sepulcher. I'd have passed out. She saw two angels in white sitting. The one at the head. And the other at the feet. Where the body of Jesus. Had. Now you notice something here in this scripture. You think for just a minute. Anybody ever remember the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle? Mercy seat in the middle. Remember there were two cherubims. <laughs> One on each end. Wings toward each other looking. I sort of picture that's sort of what she saw when she looked in. One at the head of where Jesus had been. Because if anything exemplified mercy, he did. Oh, you don't think that. I'm telling you. She saw where mercy had laid. And so she saw one angel at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Verse 13. And they said, not only did she see the angels, the angels started talking to her. This really happened. And they say unto her, I want you to hear their words. You, you have this picture, right? She's crying. She's broken. The only one that had ever given her hope is gone. She had went to the tomb to honor him. 
And now the body's taken. So it's not enough that he died. Now she can't even honor him because somebody stole his body. It goes from bad to worse as far as she's concerned. And so she's crying and she sees the angels and they said to her, woman, why are you crying? I don't think they spoke King James English, sorry. They said, woman, why are you crying? She said to them, because they've taken away my Lord. Notice she didn't say they took away the body of Jesus. She said they took my Lord. She had already put him in proper position in her life. They took my Lord. And I don't know where they've laid him. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back. So she was looking in the sepulcher after she said that. Now, I want you to notice something here. She wasn't even interested in the angels. They said, why are you crying? She said, they took the body of my Lord. Or they took my Lord. And then she turned away. She wasn't enamored that there's two angels here talking to me. She wasn't. She only had one thing on her mind. My Lord. And so she turns away from the angels, right? She'd been looking in the sepulcher. The scripture says she turned back. And she saw Jesus standing. And she knew not that it was Jesus. You can debate why she did or didn't know him by sight. There's a lot of reasons that you could point to. That's not what we want to talk about today. She saw him standing. She did not know it was Jesus. Verse 15. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? She's probably getting tired of this question. Don't you love it when you're dealing with grief and everybody asks you the same question? Woman, why weepest thou? But he asked another question. Who do you seek? That's important. When you're facing grief, who do you seek? Who do you seek? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, notice she didn't even answer his question. She doesn't have time to be distracted by angels and somebody that she's not sure who they are. She just got one thing on her mind, my Lord. And so when he says, why are you crying? Who do you seek? She, thinking he's the gardener, said unto him, sir, if you have borne him hence, if you've carried him somewhere, tell me where you've laid him. I'll take him away. I'm only concerned with one thing, him. Do you see that in her? I'm not concerned with anything else. Angels, somebody that I think's the gardener. I just want to know where he is. Verse 16. I love this. Watch. Jesus said to her, what did he say? Mary. What else did he say? Nothing else. He just called her name. 
And when he called her name, she knew. Man, I feel the Lord calling people's name. Would someone please hear today? He knows your name. He knows your name. And she may not have recognized him because of a glorified body and all of those things. But she knew the voice. And she knew when he called her name. And I want you to see her response. She turned herself and said, Rabboni. Which is to say, Master. The first time to the angels, she said, she called him my Lord. When she addressed him, she called him master. There is no doubt Mary Magdalene had put him in his proper place in relationship to her life. He was her Lord and she was his slave. You say, man, that's a strong word. It's what she was. The Apostle Paul said, I'm a bond slave, a bond servant. But he's a good master. He cares for those. He calls her name. Verse 17. Jesus said to her, touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father And your father to my God and your God. I'm almost done here. Told you, just had to share this with somebody. I want you to notice, we we paused on some of those things, but I want you to notice the three things that really stand out there to me. Number one. He did not first reveal himself to two of the apostles. I mean, you would think, you know, they have a better pedigree. They've walked with him for three and a half years. They may have gotten stuff wrong, but I mean, they've done miracles. I mean, they're, they're special people, not taking anything away. But the first one he revealed himself to after he rose from the dead was the one that everybody else would have rejected. The enemy wants you to disqualify yourself. He personally revealed himself to Mary Magdalene before anybody else. That tells me the Lord wants to reveal himself to anyone and everyone. And he is certainly no respecter of persons. He wants to reveal himself to those that seek after him. You know why we don't see him revealed sometimes? Because like the two disciples, if we're not sure where he's at, we just go back home. And we're not content to wait until he reveals himself. Mary waited. She knows the second thing. We talked about it already, so I won't belabor the point. 
He called her by name. He called her by name. Then I want you to notice the last thing here in verse 17 that stood out to me. I've never seen this before, and I know I've read the book of John before. Once or twice. Look at that last sentence, or the last couple lines. He said, I ascend unto my Father and your Father. I ascend to my Father and your Father, Mary. You who's been rejected, you who has a past that, Mary, I'm ascending to your Father. Mary, you have a Father. He revealed himself to her personally, he called her by name. And he gave her revelation of the relationship God wanted with her. A a relationship she would have had to wrestle with had she lost once Christ was crucified and died. Would you stand with me today? He is no respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. And I feel the spirit of the Lord here reaching to some of you in a very intimate and personal way, the same way he reached to Mary Magdalene. It was very personal. It was very intimate. Would you just talk to him right there where you are right now? Come on, let the Lord Jesus Christ minister to your spirit. Come on, let him minister into your spirit. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. He has not cast you off. He has not pushed you away and made getting back to him difficult. He knows you by name. He's familiar with you and he desires relationship with you. He would reveal himself to you in greater measure as you and I put him in proper place as Lord and Master. As we seek after him and him alone. As we pursue him and him alone. Jesus I trust you. Jesus, I reach to you. Jesus, I worship you. I believe in the power of your resurrection. I believe in an empty tomb. I know and believe you are alive forevermore. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Take heart today. He knows your name. Take heart today. I have to believe that Mary battled all the thoughts of the past once he died. And in that moment, he restored all hope. He 
He restored all hope. Aren't you thankful today for a God that gives hope? Hope beyond this life. Hope beyond this veil of tears. Hope that is eternal. I'm thankful today. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You are dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.